and it gets kind of gets back to what I, how the whole monoline thing started. I mean, I was doing it because I love to do it. I I was figuring it out and not even realizing it at the time that I was figuring out something that could become what it has become for me today. Um, but just for the love of it. And I think if you lose the love of you know graphic design, you have no business being in the in the business. What's going on? You're listening to episode 79 of the Perspective Podcast, and I'm your host, Scotty Russell of Perspective Collective. This show is about carving out time to build something for yourself, and I want to share what is and isn't working for me along with sharing my guest point of view. This platform also allows me to cast the spotlight and celebrate those creating big waves in the community through interviews and a weekly dose of inspiration in the outro, so stick tuned to the end because it could be you. And I want to start this episode off by just giving a massive, genuine, heartfelt thank you to you, the listener. This podcast has far exceeded any of my expectations I've had for it, and it's because of you listening, sharing, backing the show on Patreon, and leaving reviews over on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. You've helped this show massively grow and helped me grow and find my voice along with it. This show has connected me with so many of you that I talk with on social media, emails, or even we get to link up at conferences. You have no idea how much it means to me being a little dude from Iowa who's just trying to leave his imprint on the world. So for real, thank you from the bottom of my pizza-loving heart. Thank you. I pursue this podcast because I love it. I pursue drawing and creating because I love it. Being a creative, you got into this whole mess because you tried it, you loved it, and you figured it out along the way. Sometimes along the way, you forget why you loved it in the first place and you can steer off course for a season or maybe even a few years. Believe me, I've been there as it's so easy to also get wrapped up in the validation of creating for others on social media instead of creating what you're vibing to. When you give yourself permission to play, fuck up, and experiment, amazing things can happen. Cue today's guest, my man Brian Steely of Steely Works. Brian is the most chill, down-to-earth rock stars in the creative game right now. He's done work for big brands like Element Skateboards, Toyota, Nike, and for big bands like Fish, Mumford & Sons, and My Morning Jacket, to name a few. However, he's not too proud to throw down with your average Joe brand looking to make a splash. He's made a name for himself with his monoline badge work that seems to have taken the internet by storm. And today, in this episode, we cover topics of his illustration and branding process, not losing the love of why you do what you do, building others up over viewing the world as a competition, having some grit and sticking it out, and so much more. He's a rad dude, a great friend, and he drops a gold mine of takeaways that light a much-needed fire under your ass. You can find the show notes to this episode containing a heaping buffet of Brian's work and everything we reference in this episode at perspective-collective.com slash 79. If you think someone can find value in this episode, please give it a share on social media. It's because of your word of mouth that the show keeps growing and you know I love you for it. 
Finally, if you catch some inspiration from the show, create some work and tag me at Perspective Collective on Instagram. I'll give it a share where I post each week's episode artwork and make sure you get some credit. Let's get into the show. What's going on today? I'm joined by illustrator and design wizard Brian Steely of Steely Works. I'm stoked to finally get you on the show, brother. Anyway, what's new? Everything is going up. You know, I've got Steelyworks is in its second year now, and um, yeah, doing good. Um, everything's fine um, on all cylinders, so no complaints over here. Well, for those who don't know, can you give a brief Wikipedia page summary about yourself and all the cool shit that you create? Sure. I'm, I'm Brian Steely. I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. I remain in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I went off to college in uh, Clinton, South Carolina, and uh, was an English major, and came back and to do graphic design. Um, and just been going ever since. Um, been at the same agency for almost 20 years now, which is kind of unheard. Of. I've got two kids, and I'm married, and have a dog. What's been like the crooked path that's gotten you to where you are today, working full time? It's Jackson Spalding, right? Yes. So my story is kind of interesting. I was. Um, always loved art my whole life just like been so into it um growing up you know I'd win the little art competitions as a kid and uh and with as with every kid uh you you kind of get steered away from the creative side I feel like it happens a lot to to everyone it's uh going one direction like you know all this art's going great and then your parents are like oh you should get into business or you should become a lawyer or something like that and that didn't happen to me but um when I was in high school, I had a, a teacher who, well, I was had a buddy who was a kind of a class clown, and he, he, I sat next to him and um, got in trouble in the art class, and I ended up getting a grade in the art class, and I was first low grade, so I didn't get in the advanced art class. So then I was like, oh, maybe I should be an English guy and write and do all that. So I got into writing and um, went to school to become a writer, um, went got an English major, got out of school. All the while, all the while, I was doing um, gig posters for uh, bands and still trying to keep up with my art stuff. Um, doing figure painting class, classes and figure drawing classes and stuff like that. Um, got out of school um, at Jackson Spalding. It was Jackson Spalding Ledley at the time, which was a full-on PR firm. I quickly realized that uh, PR was not for me, um, and the graphic designer was leaving at the time. I didn't even know what graphic design was. Um, that's how in lost I was at the time. I mean, this when the internet was around and all that goodness, it told where you could find out anything in a matter of seconds. So it's a little behind the curve. Um, so the graphic designer was leaving at Jackson Spalding Ledley, and they asked me if I wanted to be the graphic designer because I could draw. And I was like, I don't. That's how it works. I think I need to go to school. Um, so I started at the Portfolio Center. They asked me to see my portfolio. I enrolled a couple posters that I had done, and that was my portfolio. Um, and they took me in. Um, I was working 30 hours in Ludley in a, you know, time classes, uh, sleeping on the floor at the office some nights. Um, it was probably the two toughest years of my life, um, but well worth it. Yeah. Do you still draw by hand today? I know a lot of people wonder that. I do. By hand, I'm like, if I have anything laying around. I never see anything outside of your digital work. 
Yeah, no, I still, I always start off with a sketch. Um, not always, but like probably 75% of the time I start off with a sketch. Um, and, you know, quickly you just get that scan and trace it and refine, refine. Yeah. All right. Well, that already answers some of the people's questions that I had for, I had like three people ask the same question, you know, how does your process start off? And, you know, it always starts with the sketch that that's reassuring for me. I've been in the, the digital world now and procreate has been so much quicker for my thumbnail sketches, but I miss just drawing in like field notes or something, you know, at a small thumbnail, Scott. Yeah. I always, will, I always like, yeah, I'll, I'll draw, I'll do sketches for a couple of days, just do thumbnails and then I'll, then I'll move on to the, the you know the computer. I, I love drawing by hand because I think you you miss something if you don't start off by drawing. And um, the flip side of that is I I definitely sometimes will have an idea in my head already that I can quickly vector and it's um, just a simple design um, and I'll, I'll go straight to the computer sometimes too. So have you been at you've been at Jackson Spalding then ever since you know the beginning? Is this the only place you've been at? Yeah. So Jackson Spalding, when I started, had nine people, the person, um, and it's 160 or 170 people now, uh, and that's including our, our creative team is uh, 27, I think. Um, so we've got we've got a video team, full on agency now versus being a PR firm. Kind of like went from, you know, a lot of agencies will add the PR arm. We added the creative arm so kind of like was part of that from the beginning you know I, we added a designer it was me and my buddy mark for a while and we did that by ourselves for three years and then we added another person it was just kind of like growing growing as we needed needed new people like i guess like everybody does but it was i feel like i've been on like at eight different ages grown and we moved we moved probably six times since i've been here so every space is a little different well, and I know we briefly talked about it before we hopped on and in the past, uh, like with, with Steely Works, you know, and you're doing your own freelance on the side. Like, how were you able to manage holding down a day job and kicks up, kick out waves of fresh art for massive clients? And how, you know, you told me that it's kind of different now, how you've kind of weaved that into your day job. So, you know, how was that before? And then where is it at today holding down, you know, freelance and the day job? Well, I, you know, at Jackson Spalding, I was doing a um, client work, which there's nothing wrong with that. I really enjoyed it, but um, I've, I got to the point where I needed to get more in touch with my traditional side while still maintaining a design kind of feel to it. So I started sketching again and started drawing. Then I started doing the monoline thing and um, just just started putting it out there just because I, I was making up making up businesses, just doing it out of pure love, um, nothing more, not trying to make any money and just kind of putting it out there. And, um, it got traction. People started asking if they could get illustrations and I'm like, sure, you can buy that if you want it, you know? And then you know, it snowed from there, you know, getting calls from element and, um, you know, then bigger clients and monster children reached out to me and, um, just, grew organically i never intended it to do that it was just like uh an avenue for me to kind of uh stay in touch with my art side was it was instagram kind of the key that exploded you like it was for me instagram was really um dribble was to me uh, but i i'd you know somewhere between the two were, were my launching pad i started it started really taking off and i was um 
I was doing it on the side and you know, we have a rule that you can't, you could only charge so much freelance. So I was charging the maximum I could at the time. And, um, and what was that? Like just under shy under a grand, like nine ninety nine or something. Yeah, it was under a grand. And, um, people were just getting discounts off of Brian's work. I would have hired you for everything. (laughs) So it just, it just got to the point where I'm like, man, I can't maintain. Um, I had two kids, you know, two younger kids at the time. Um, and still have the two younger kids, but um, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to watch them grow up, and I was working office forty hours in office, and it was just not working. So I, I went to this about a year in. I went to Jackson Spy. I'm like, hey, I'm either gonna have to leave and do this what I, I'm passionate about, or I can bring all this in the office. We work out a, a deal, and I'll do this as my day job and still help out uh, when I'm slow with the JS work as well. And that way, um, you guys will have these fair clients and, um, and, and I will in turn have the back, the back of JS. I'll have the, um, you know, the digital side that I need. I'll have writers, I'll have, um, you know, animators, all that stuff is helpful to me. So it's like a I'll scratch your back you scratch mine kind of situation we have a you know a lot of love for all these people because I've been here for so long so I didn't it's a bunch of super intelligent people that I just didn't want to walk away from the situation so did they welcome it with open arms when you shot it to them they did they did they um they came up with an agreement um it was very fair and uh signed up on the dotted line and uh we're in year number two right so that's awesome and it probably allows you to get a lot more than just that 999 cut of things because you were working with not only element but the nfl was it nike with all those nfl designs like that's probably my favorite and with those clients clients like nike bring that into the office and just it wouldn't be it would it would be a jackson spalding thing Mm -hmm. it's just like you know here here's something that i and I'd get a little cut of it, um, do it in the offices. There's a full amount of what I should be getting. So um, with the smaller clients, you know, it was different. Um, it was the 999 deal. <laughs> so when you get new work in, does it all just funnel in? Like, do you, does Jackson Spaulding kind of serve as like an agent now? If stuff comes in, if people request to hire you? No, I do. Still, I'm doing um the contracts I do, um, you know, work out the agreement. It's kind of, it's essentially like a boutique agency within the agency. Um, and I've got the resources of, of Jackson Spotting when I need them. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes total sense. So in a sense, you're still operating out of yourself, but you just have more resources around you with a chance to get more the pay that you deserve. Right. And I still get my salary and then I get additional worked into the agreement. So it's a great deal for me. It's a, it's a win-win situation really. So what other kind of work at Jackson Spalding, you know, when client work is slow, what's like the normal kind of work that you do? Um, I'll, I'll do some illustration work for Toyota from time to time. Um, done some stuff for Chick-fil-A. Um, still do some stuff for some pest control companies, um, which is fun. Um, uh, I art drag some, I, uh, you know, just kind of, I, I mentor some of the, some of the younger designers here. Um, just kind of, you know, daily, the daily, uh, 
stuff that I was doing before is kind of the same. I just pick up wherever I'm needed um, when it comes in. How did you kind of hone in on your your infamous monoline style? Like you you thrive at so many different styles, but what was it that was it just experimenting, or has that kind of always been your grind and and your go to when you just draw growing up? It was it was I was trying out just a lot of different things at the time. I was doing you know I was doing a lot of hand lettering stuff, and um and Wells Collins, who you probably know, was oh, yeah. working at Jackson Spelling at the time, and. Um, we were kind of lettering together, and I was like, "This guy's kicking my ass." So, uh, do you do you got some of that in the archives? I would love to see some of your lettering. Oh yeah, sure, I, I definitely do. You look back on Dribble, you'll see some of it. All right, I'll do that. Um, uh, but it wasn't anything like what Wells was doing, and um, I, I, you know, I didn't get frustrated, but I was just like, you know, I, I got, I've got something too. I just need to find what it is, and I so I just kept on plugging away, and I. I'm, Onto the simplicity, the monoline style. It's kind of like an archetype for everything. You know, it's um, it's a framework that you can build off of. So, like, if the style, I don't see the style dying, but if it does, it's still, it's still a template for building bigger, bigger things off of. Um, if that makes sense. You've kind of set a trend. You, I know you see it too. Scrolling through Instagram, you see all kinds of monoline badge works now. You know, th- there's tons of them. I do. I like it. Some stuff, and I see other stuff where somebody's like traced exactly what I've done, and it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> but a lot, a lot of this stuff's really good that's out there, and it's it's fun to see. Yeah, is it kind of weird? Like you feel like you almost sparked a little bit of a movement. I see a lot of people who kind of like find their unique style, and then it's everywhere all of a sudden. Yeah, it, it it's it's neat to see. It really is, and I you know I'm just a part of the movement. I'm you know not the whole thing, but. Uh, you know, it's it's fun to be a part of it for sure. Well, something I, I do a little bit of digging on people before I like ask the questions and stuff, just to especially get to know you a little bit better, even though we've chopped it up for multiple years now, in the early days of Instagram. But this stood out to me on your webpage, your about me uh, part. It talks about you're a disciple of simplicity, believing in eliminating the unnecessary so that the necessary can speak loud and clear. And I'm one who gets lost in the detail. I'm absolutely terrified of white space. I want to fill that shit up. You know, how do you go about simplifying your work? Because honestly, you still do a ton of detail, but yet it's all simple. I, I it's just like everything is so perfectly placed. It's uh, and it's unfair to say that the simplicity thing because I do do a lot of detail work as well. Um, but my favorite stuff to do is the simple the the minimal amount of lines that you're that are needed um you know I, I if i say i'm doing an animal face i look at the animal and i pick the lines that the only lines that need to be there and then some clients want five thousand more lines and some clients are cool with just like me doing what i want to do and like 12 lines and there you go you got the animal's face and it's just picking out those those lines that are important and making them work um, that that I think that that I feel like that's where my gift lies. It's ditching the unnecessary. Yeah, and just like being good, good with it, you know. How do you know what is unnecessary, or is it just like a gut intuition? Now I'll have a lot of lines, and I'll start deleting. You know, you go to that extreme point, and then you scale back. A lot of times, and sometimes I'll do like I don't know, like my Airwalk badge I did for the the bicycle company. Um, 
a frame builder. I, I drew that. I just did that one straight up on the computer. I didn't have any kind of um, sketch. Oh, well, I did a few thumbnails, but like I started it, like did didn't scan anything. Just went straight to the computer and was like looking at what I'd done. But it's like one of those things where I just did minimal lines, and that's what makes it work. It's not. It's the, let let the lines speak for themselves and um, don't add too much. Yeah, I, I'm still working on that because yeah, I, I vibe off people's whose work is super detailed as well, and I'm really I'm I'm really trying to pull back on that area because I go a little trigger happy sometimes. And working in the analog world, which I had been heavy in for the first couple of years, you know, you kind there's no Control Z or Command Z in that area. So, I mean, in the, the vector world, you get to play you and to delete, delete as much as you have. Yeah. As much as you want. I get trigger happy too. I mean, I definitely design some things that are, have a million lines and, uh, you know, I, I walk away and my hand hurts real bad from like pulling, pulling points all day, you know? Yeah. And, and, and illustrator. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, there's beauty and there's beauty in both sides of it. People started considering me an illustrator. I consider myself more of a branding guy um and i've just kind of gotten pegged recently as an illustrator um I, but i'm more like i like the 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 less detail and the easier you know the five or six lines that form something that that hopefully comes together and forms something amazing um it requires a lot of work and just as much work as pulling the million lines but it's just it looks much more simple in, in illustrator i gotta ask this a side question too like are you just a keyboard shortcut keyboard command wizard do you set up your own you know keyboard commands and like the function keys or no i suck at it um i just i I, i'm simple illustrator i use the pen tool i use the scissors a lot um and i use the shapes a lot and i just make those elements work together and then once i get it together then i can go back in and refine um, curved corners add effects like um and when i say effects like a rough end or take it into photoshop and throw some noise into it and bring it back into illustrator yeah you did like a a a tutorial or something on that a while ago i felt like that was one of the first things i found was you doing that uh noise effect and then bringing it back into ai yeah i've just told i don't know that i've ever done a tutorial on it but i've told told people about how like how i go about doing it um it just kind of roughens it up and makes it look, you know, like a lot of times I, I call it the dirty effect. Like I'll, I'll present the client the clean version and then I'll give them the dirty version too. So they can use whichever one they want. And still, you know, it's the same logo. It's just like a little roughened up. A little texture to it. Gritty. Yeah, a little texture. It makes it look a little more hand drawn. And I, I think that there's a movement to, uh, you know, with the swing to digital, there's also the, it's the pendulum starting to swing back to like people wanting that hand drawn, people wanting the more organic. And I know you've seen this as well. Um, and that's my way of like after I draw something and after I go in and refine it and clean it all up and vector it, then I go back and roughen it back up again. So it's kind of counterintuitive, but it's. Um, I mean, it, it still delivers that human imperfect imperfect touch you know people still want that especially in like the digital age where everybody has the same font in their logos or typeface that they're using on their website it just gets bland like how can you stand out right and i'm i use like the analogy of you know if you're looking at a painted wall 
and it's perfect. And then you're looking at a painted wall that's dinged up and has like a little graffiti and some scratches and some other color in it. What's more visually appealing? It's like, it's going to be the one that's not perfect, right? Um, people are drawn to, to things that things don't have to be perfect. Human, humans are not perfect, you know? So to, to have something that's a little off, to have little imperfections in it is kind of cool when it's this perfectly symmetrical piece to begin with. Yeah. Um, to take it to take it and kind of fuck it up a little bit. <laughs> well, and you operate in like a, a very symmetrical world with a lot of your work, you know, you, somehow each piece has balance whether it's asymmetrical or not. Are you are you pretty much your own worst art critic on things too or do you, you know, take it pretty easy on yourself too and allow that imperfection to shine through? Cuz I'm like I'm like a, a super strict on my shit and beat myself up at times i follow the rules but i also like to break them um i I do like to have some imperfections because i think and i I, when i say imperfections i don't mean like incurning and things like that although i'll 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 mess that up from time to time too (laughs) (laughs) but but just like little things here and there that are just like just human elements that make it real um and i think it's important to be real in design um and not to be too glossy and polished I, i think that that's something that's important and live that hyper curated feed because that's really hard for me if you scroll through something like instagram and you treat it as a tool or a business just that hyper curation i've talked about with other people like that's just not me i think you're like that too you have like a a similar style and aesthetic in each one of your pieces but like you let yourself go and experiment and not afraid to push the boundaries yeah, I throw up whatever's I feel like throwing up, and I think that that's a, a good one of my big advantages. It might be one of my my Achilles heel too, but I'll, I'll put I'm not scared to show stuff, and and have it look different than the time before. And if you look through my feed on Instagram, it does it it does, it looks very different. It's, You're not posting to please. No, I'm I'm posting because I'm you know I'm proud of what I'm doing, but. It brings me business, but I'm posting because I'm like, maybe somebody can learn something from this, or maybe I've learned something from this, and I'll go back and I'll see it like two weeks later, and I'll see like, oh shit, man, I, I, that kerning was way off, and I, I'll leave it up just because it's. I think it's important um, to to grow and to see, you know for for younger designers to see that we're not perfect, we make mistakes, and um, you know I know I, I know there's a lot of designers out there that would. Uh, slap me for saying that but um i think that's just important i'd rather it air on the real transparent side of shit and stop like putting up this fake wall like your shit doesn't stink you don't make mistakes and all you do is land dope ass client jobs you know that's not relatable to people and i'll you know people are like oh do you only take these clients i'm like no i'll take anybody that's anybody that's willing to pay me for the most part i will take and um and i love working i love collaborating with with the smaller clients, to be honest with you, because they're the ones with the, the crazy ideas that let me do my thing and um, yeah, and and work with me, and it's just it, it's it's just it's magical. What's your thought on doing like pro bono work versus like free work or full price? You know, what's your thoughts on that? That seems to be a big topic, and you know, a, a lot of different opinions on that. Doing well, I do pro bono work from time to time. It's usually when I have the availability, um, or it's a cause that I'm, that means some something to me. Um, I like Varunga um, reached out to me about you know they're having they need money for the gorillas, 
so I did some stuff for them. Didn't know much about them, but watched their doc- the documentary on them, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'd like to do something for them, you know. And then I do a bunch of stuff for friends. I do stuff for my kids' schools. I, I do a lot of pro bono stuff. Um, just in that realm, and then occasionally, if somebody reaches out to me that doesn't have any money, I'll help them out. But it's it's I, it's kind of it comes overbearing sometimes with the amount of people asking for free shit um, that just don't understand that you've got to make a living too. Mm-hmm. Or do you? I don't know if you get it anymore, but this could be great exposure. I think you're like well known enough now that people aren't going to fuck with you with that. Hopefully not, but like I tend to get that often. No, I still get that for sure. Um, and sometimes it's something that I really am interested in doing and I'll take it on. Um, it just, I, I still do it for the love of doing it, you know, but I, at the end of the day, you still got to make your salary. Um, and you gotta, you've got to feed the family. So that's, that's kind of the answer I was looking for. Cause I'm on that same boat. Like if, if I wouldn't have taken on my first two or three murals for free, like I wouldn't be, you know, getting paid decent money for doing murals now. Cause at a point whether it's for a good cause or, you know, you're helping someone like that. It's also, you got to show that you can do the work exactly. out of the love for it too. And I think a lot of people are just like, I want to do murals, but this person won't pay me what I'm worth. And I'm like, how the fuck do they even know what you're worth when you've never done one before? No. And I, I've done, I've done the one mural I did with a buddy of mine. I did it for free and didn't even put my name on it. We just did it for our, our you know, our neighborhood. Um, and just slapped up there because I wanted to, you know, it's like something different. You want to try something new. And like you're saying, you have to do it a couple of times before anybody's going to pay you to do it because nobody's going to pay you to do something you've never done before. Yeah, it's like riding riding a bike with training wheels, man. You eventually got to take it off, but you got to show you can do it before you go and, you know, put some ollies or some jumps or some ramps. Right. And it gets kind of gets back to what I, how the whole monoline thing started. I mean, I was doing it because I love to do it um, and I wasn't looking for money. I was... I was making my salary, but I, I, I was figuring it out and not even realizing it at the time that I was figuring out something that could become what it has become for me today. Um, but just for the love of it. And I think if you lose the love of, you know, graphic design, you have no business being in the, in the business. I'm not going to lie. I'm writing that down. Uh, this question comes from Anna Kate Bryan. Do you have any tips for owning a style that stands out on its own and how to use that as a marketing tool to attract clients? And you've kind of, we've kind of talked about this experimenting and doing it for the love, but you know, were you, were you just throwing out monoline work out there to attract future client work? Cause you've attracted a lot of client work from that. No, I mean, like I said, I was, I was doing it for the love and I was also doing it cause I just to try something new. Like we, we kind of, we hit on that too. It's, um, Finding my place in the design world, um, you know, I've been a designer for t- almost 20 years, um, and I've, I knew how to do a lot of different styles and a lot of different things, but um, I wanted something that I could kind of like um, uh, manipulate and own and and um, change and grow and evolve, um, and the, it just la- happened to land on on the monoline thing, like Wells landed on his hand lettering thing, and he's just killing it in that. I... I to start doing the monoline thing and it just you know as you do it and do it and do it it will evolve and you will figure out different ways and different techniques and different things different ways to make it your own if that makes sense um like the textures i apply and i mean i for a while i stopped doing textures just because um i don't know it's just like uh, not everybody needs a texture on their 
their logo. <laughs> what I, what I really like is like you not only do like the animals, but I'm a big outer space junkie, and I like it doing like the UFO scenes or the cannabis scenes. You know, like it just seems like some of the most fun artwork that all started from just experimenting. Yeah, I just did a huge piece for Salesforce. Um, they've got this huge, like, 55-foot screen in their um, lobby in their San Francisco headquarters. It's a digital screen, and there's UFOs in it, and there's rocket ships, and there's all kinds of crazy shit going on. There's uh, speakers that have propellers on them that are pro- floating around. And a, What kind of mindset were you in when you did that stuff? <laughs> complete, completely sober. <laughs> and, uh, and a... Um, in a disco ball with propellers and, you know, one of their, one of their, uh, little characters playing a flying V and like just all kinds of things going on, just taking you through this whole scene. They, they said they wanted it to be like, it's a small world. Um, so I was trying to create something like that in my own vision and, um, hopefully we'll get to animate that cause then it will really come alive for them. Do you got a little animation skills up your sleeve too? Like after effects or cinema 40, do you know any of that? Or is it all team? It's all team. I, I, I know what I want it to do and I've got a buddy in the office that's really good at it. And so I let him, um, do his thing with it. I'm like, we will like on a project before I even start, like if I know it's going to be animated, I'm like, I'm thinking about doing this. Can you do that? And he's like, yeah, I can do that. Do you got to like break each thing down into a separate layer that way he can import it in or does he do all the cleaning up of the, he just does all the cleanup for me. He takes it and like does it. And I'm like, it's super impressive. I don't know how he does it. That's really. dope. Yeah. Motion graphics just blowing my mind like that shit and responsive branding in the next 10 years is just going to be massive. It's a whole nother skill set, you know, with the animation stuff. It's just, it's, it's mind blowing to me. Like I'll leave for the day and I'll come in the next day. I'm like, what do you think about this? I'm like, God damn dude. <laughs> Yeah, that shit's impressive. Um, what what what's next on the horizon for you that you want to test out or experiment, you know, or continue to play with? Because the more we continue to play, the more we continue to land the work that we love. Like me drawing pizza was play, and now I get paid to do pizza art. You know, that's dope. Yeah, it is. I was working on a pizza piece piece for you today. Oh no, shit! Awesome. Yes, I can't wait to see it, man. <laughs> can't wait. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just like I, I'm finding like the 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 areas that I really like to work in. Um, and, you know, getting to work with like some of these bands I've gotten to work with is super cool. Um, getting to work like I love doing um, I, I love doing spirit and and uh, beer branding. I, I just love it. You've been crushing those beer cans lately. Uh, man, the uh, Nod Hill folks that are um, in Ridgefield, Connecticut, they're they're so awesome to work with. They're like the dream client. They come to me with a name and they're like, we were thinking this and like, let me go run wild with it and uh, create something. They're like, well, what do you think if we do a gold line here? I mean, do the lines in gold. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like a good relationship. And I'm, you know, more of that is what I'm looking for is just like getting to do more um, bottles and more cans and and just branding branding like breweries and um even the cannabis thing i mean it's people don't like to talk about it here in the south as much but it's the second gold rush oh dude it's gonna be booming and they there's so much shitty cannabis designs out there like they need people like us they're like popping out like fireworks stores and they do they need us um to differentiate them from the next guy um and they they've got money and it's just it's a no brainer, really. I don't have any problem with cannabis and it's just, 
it's just only a matter of time till it's legal all over exactly. the country. Exactly, and there's more opportunity from there coming from it. Like, if you have any spillover work, send it my way. I've been wanting to do some kind of cannabis work for the longest time. Let's do it. <laughs> you were talking about creative freedom and stuff. Do you find it better to have some type of restraints, constraints on your work and have them, like, kind of provide some kind of path? Or do you love it when they're just like, hey, do your thing, Brian. We We trust you. You know, for me, when I have just creative freedom, sometimes I'm like, shit, I could go this way, this way, this way, and I might create something that they don't want to see, and I just wasted all my time. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, with I, I still have to bill by the hour, and my hourly rate here is so high that it's nice to be constrained a little bit. But having those constraints, even if I didn't have an hourly rate, I'd, I, I like having the constraints because I don't spin my wheels um, for – you know, 20 hours trying to, Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. It's the worst. It's so bad. And this doesn't do anybody any good. It's, um, we know what we don't like when we see it. Yeah. Like that fucking drives me bananas. Oh, me too. Me too. It's crazy. And I'm like, and if you tell me something that you like, then we're in this together. We're collabing on this and it's going to be more, it's going to be something that is more what you dreamed of than me trying to figure out what you're dreaming about throw wet noodles against the wall and try to get something to stick yeah so i like i like the constraints i think it's good for it's good for me and it's good for the client we'll, we'll end up with a better product in the end that's more pleasing to the client and that's what design is all about now traditional art's a little different but design you need to you need to create something that works for the client yeah and again like you said it's a more collaborative process in the end you know at the end, they feel like they had a stake in it too, and and then you can like go and sell them of what they asked. You can go and flex your like what you thought, and then just go and pitch it back to them. You know, this is what you told yeah, me you, you wanted. Did this. Exactly. This is our this is our baby. We made this baby together. Yeah. <laughs> hey, before we jump into rapid fire question, what's one piece of advice you'd give to a creative at any stage who struggles starting or sticking with it? What I when I was getting started, I, like a traditional artist has their five like um, canvases all at, going at once. You know, you kind of move around um, and you do what feels right at the time. You get your diff, your five different jobs or your three different jobs going, and if you get stalled out on one of them, go to the next one. Um, don't ever let yourself get designer blocked. Just always have something new. Always let your brain be thinking about the next project and, and get, have a few of them going at the same time. And that way, you if you get stalled out on one, you just move to the next one. I guarantee you five hours later, you're going to have the idea you were looking for or the next day that will will keep you moving. When you were you know picking up and you know finding your groove with the design, what kept you sticking with it when maybe you get wrapped up? Like I get wrapped up in comparison sometimes or I'm just like, man, my work is shit. You know, what helped you continue to stick with it? Um, that's, that's a great question. I can, I can get, do a twofold on this one. Go for it, man. Um, I, I started designing again because I, I like this band called Widespread Panic that some people probably heard of. Um, they had shitty posters, and I'm like, man, I can draw better than that. So I started drawing again. I'm like, I'm going to do a poster for them. And sure enough, I did. That's, that was my first design gig that I got paid for. Technically, was a poster for Widespread Panic, and um, just from looking at other people's work and like knowing, I'm not. Uh, I am shitting on it because it was so that it was that bad. But just like getting out and dribble and seeing what other people are doing, um, 
and knowing that you're not necessarily that as good as those people, but you can gain something from looking at what they're doing and, and just like always having your eyes open and always looking at every day, go on to dribble and see what people are doing and, and um, figure out your own way to doing things and make it work for you. And you can see the people that are clearly doing that on a day to day basis. And it's just, it's awesome to see. I have so many like, uh, designers I have so much respect for uh, that I, I get on dribble I sometimes forget now because Instagram has become such a hog for me but um, I got on dribble earlier today and I was just like man people are just so freaking talented it's just it blows my mind and it we build each other up you know we um we build each other up by giving each other nice feedback and encouragement and and correction that's how we linked up in Instagram like three years yeah. ago same thing building each other up yeah, correction, helping each other up on the, you know, and I never like to like give uh, constructive criticism like right on the thing. Uh, I'll just email somebody separately and be like, hey man, you, you might have missed that kerning over there. You might want to pull that down. You misspelled something, <laughs> or you know, you know, just help people out. Just help people out. That's what we're here for. You know, at the end of the day, as humans, help help each other out. Stop approaching everybody from a perception of comparison or competition. Right. I'm never, I like, competition has always been a big part of my life in sports, but yeah. in the design world, it's more like, um, I'm doing my thing, you're doing your thing, you know, s- stay in your swim lane and I'll stay in mine and uh, we'll help each other out. Yeah, that's dope, man. All right, let's get in rapid fire. I didn't write this one down, but I'm going to ask you anyway because I'm really curious. What's like your favorite project you've done in the last five years? One that you think is the dopest, you've got to experiment, uh, the one you had the most fun on. Doesn't have to be the best pain. And what was what's your favorite one in the last five years? I've got, I've got a couple, but I'm just gonna pick one. Um, there's a bar that's like uh, a mile from my house called the Argosy, and it's like um, this neighborhood's kind of it's East Atlanta. It's kind of dingy, but they they re, they put this bar in. It's like this. They put a million dollars worth of renovations into this place. Uh, beautiful bar. They put no money into their logo, and this was five years ago or six years ago. Now I walked in there and I was like, "Hey, I drew up these um, ideas because you got a you got a um, clip art logo, and you've got this beautiful bar that you clearly thought every detail out of, but you got this little dinky logo, and it's not working." And the guy was like, "Well, we like it." I was like, "All right." So I went away, kind of like tail between my legs. Um, and I got a call five years later uh, from the same guy asking me if I would design a logo for him for his bar. And he had no idea. You know, he doesn't remember the conversation because um, he probably had a million things on his mind at the time because he just opened this bar. The logo was like the lead. He didn't see the value in it at the time. Um, so I got to do the the logo for the bar and um, got to charge him money for it. <laughs> uh, were you going to offer it for free the first time around? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. man. Does he know that it was you now? Did you, did you tell him? No, no, no. He, he doesn't remember the conversation, but um, you know, he, I gave him a really good deal on it anyway, just because it's a, it's a neighborhood bar and I, I get to come into the bar and do you get a tab now? <laughs> yeah, I get a tab now, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I walk in the door and there's a, they, he made the, um, it's, that octopus that I did, I call it the Hoptimus, and it's got the hop head and the it's holding a tulip glass in its uh, tentacles. And he made it like this four four by four foot um, metal cutout, and it's like right, it greets you right when you walk in the door. 
And it's kind of just it's kind of just a reminder to me that you just keep working hard and it's going to happen. You know, it's like it might not happen today. It might not happen tomorrow. I feel like a lot of um, millennials want everything to happen like right away. Microwave society, dog, like a fresh slice of pizza in the microwave. It don't work that way. We don't even own a microwave at our house. (laughs) True story. Um, but you know, things, things take time and to to happen, right. They really take time. Um, so just, just stick with it, stick with it. And, you know, it's getting kind of back to your other question. You know, you stick with these things and they're going to work out. Um, and that's what happened with the Argosy. Perfect, man. Love it. That wasn't really rapid fire. So that's my fault for dropping that on you, but still, that's a great answer. That's awesome. Um, so if you were on death row, what would your last slice of pizza be? Ooh, I would say um, meat lovers with um, fresh jalapenos and an extra cheese. I'm not super crazy, you know. You're not super crazy, but you got jalapenos on your pizza. All right, man. <laughs> Fucking wild psycho. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Script serif or sans serif? I want to take a guess at this, but... Are you kidding? Sans serif. Mm-hmm. All right. I knew this one. Sans serif, but, but I need to have a movement back to serif. I like make myself... I need, I need to make myself move back to to some serif fonts. I want to scroll back and see your lettering game, too. I have to do that. Okay, what's your favorite typeface? This one I definitely don't know. Is, is it Futura, Avenir, Frutiger? It's Gotham. Gotham, all right. And I'm like, I, I put a band on myself uh, for using Futura a couple years ago because I was using it so much. And then I moved into Gotham. I'm about to have to put a Gotham band on myself. And the thing is, it's it's not me like trying to use the same font. It's just like, man, can you, the clients like, can you use that font that you use in that last thing? I'm like, shit, really? It just works, man. It just it just works. Utility. Yeah, it looks so. It works so well with my work. You know, it's just like it's it was made to go with my line work and. I'm, I've just got to sit down this year. I'm about to go on sabbatical and maybe sit down and draw up my own um, sans serif font so I can people won't, won't be like, that's the Gotham guy or that's the Futura guy. If you ever do, I would plug the shit out of it here for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Of course, man. All right. If someone offered to buy you a drink, what would it be? Um, you know, I'm not a drink guy. I'm a beer guy. So I would say... A beer. Um, beer works too. A beverage. Yeah. Any kind of like fresh IPA that's... Um, you know, a double IPA, a single IPA um, is great with me. All right. Well, where can people go to find you online? If there's anything cool coming up on the horizon you want to share too, feel free. Um, okay. You can find me at uh, Brian Steely on Instagram. That's like Steely, like Steely Dan. Um, Steelyworks.com is my website that I update every year. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, I got to get on that. Um, you can find me on Dribble. Um, I think – Oh, what am I? Be steely, maybe on dribble. I'll link it up in the show notes. Okay, and uh, that's about it. You can like Google my name and stuff will come up. Yeah, you'll see the the dopest work out there, man. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and likewise, on the horizon, I've got in three weeks. I got a, a one month sabbatical where I plan to actually think about stuff for a while and like really like I feel like I I know you probably feel the same way with the family, you know, with the kid on the way and all that. I mean, it's like with two kids driving them to sports and my full-time job and then my, you know, my freelance stuff. It's like, I don't have a lot of time to really think. Um, and I want to sit down and like come up with some really, some game plans for Steely Works and like where I want to, you know, the five-year plan and really hash that out. 
um, and just and just build it out a little bit more, um, just because I haven't had the time. I can't wait to see what you're whipping up, dude. Uh, I can't wait to see it either. It's got to have, have to happen. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today. This has been awesome actually getting to have a conversation with you without being at a conference. Both of us crunk at the moment. So uh, thanks for all the wisdom, the advice, all the knowledge you dropped on everyone today. Like we sincerely appreciate your time. Thank you, Scotty, man. It was a blast. All right, man. We'll keep in touch. All right. All right. Peace. Peace. All right, folks, Brian Steely. He's the kind of dude you can't help but like as his work is insanely inspiring, yet behind this massive wall of talent is just a normal down-to-earth human being. He's someone you should definitely get familiar with, and don't be afraid to shoot him a thanks if you found value in his episode today. And moving on to this week's Dose of Inspiration, this one goes out to my buddy Brad at Graphic Design 79 syncs up with episode 79, but... Brad and I go back a few years on Instagram and it's just been an absolute trip to watch his style rapidly evolve, like going from <laughs> Charmander straight to Jarazard and skipping that second evolution. I'm especially vibing to his 36 days of type series as each letter and number is something different than the previous one and he will definitely keep you on your toes. Again, follow him at Graphic Design 79 Next, I want to talk about the Facebook community. So if you're looking for accountability, a place to share your work, people to collaborate with, give and receive solid feedback, or get access to resources that'll elevate your creative craft, then I encourage you to check out the Perspective Dash Collective Facebook group. We have a thriving community building right now, and we would love to have you be a part of the family. Hop on Facebook and search for the Perspective Dash Collective to get involved with some rad people. If you're enjoying what you hear and you want to support the growth of this show, I have a few ways you can make this happen. The first way is by becoming a backer at Patreon.com. Not only can you donate per episode with as little as much as your weekly cup of coffee, but I do my best to hook you up with some rewards so it's a win-win. And the second way to support the show is for you crypto heads out there. In the show notes for each episode, I'll have addresses for Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin if you prefer to go that route. And finally, if you could please subscribe and leave a ratings and review on Apple Podcasts, that would be super swell of you. It not only helps the show get discovered, but it allows it to climb up in the rankings as well. And as I wrap things up, I want to give a huge thanks to Anya Brennan for making this episode sound so good. And a huge thanks goes to Nick Jenkins of Bluka for all the dope theme music you hear on this show. You can find him on SoundCloud or on Instagram at Bluka. That's B-L-O-O-K-A-H. And... As you finish off your week strong, I want to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting in the work, and keep creating. You got this.